Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Fiction. Science fiction. Horror. Fantasy. Crime. LGBT. Thriller. You have now entered the house of mystery. With your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and Al Warren. Heard on KCB 106.5 FM Los Angeles, 102.3 FM Riverside, and 1050 AM Palm Springs. Jason Gleaves. Now, he's uh, recently wrote a book, The UFOlogy Umbrella, and it's Close Encounters Are Not Enough. So uh, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today, Jason. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for the invite. So, Jason, first of all, how did you get involved in UFOs? Um, Well, really, it started when I was young, um, about the age of seven, when I had uh, my first uh, encounter or sighting with my sister, age seven, in Liverpool, and um, we were basically basically playing upstairs as young kids do, and and uh, a bright illuminated disc-shaped craft appeared outside the window of the upstairs window of the bedroom, uh, which we both looked at you know you could look at the it was a bright illuminated light which you could actually look at without hurting your eyes um and then it took off at high velocity and then we carried on playing as if nothing had happened um and i'd basically forgotten about it really until only a few years back when i started getting into uh, ufology in general more in more depth and my sister reminded me of it um, but other than that, really, I've always been interested in science fiction as a youngster, a bit like anybody else, watching Doctor Who and Star Wars and all the sci-fi programs that I could watch. Mm. And um, I, I sort of led on really watching the likes of um, Arthur C. Clarke had a, a, a fantastic TV show out, uh, Mysterial, Mysterious Worlds, I think it was called. And again... 
again, I just read books on it, on ufology, and got the magazines like everybody else, and, you know, it sort of went on from there, really. So, uh, but uh, now, this book in itself, why, why did you write this book? Like, what is it that you hope people get from the book when they read it? Yeah, well, this book, really, it, it stemmed from the first book which I wrote, which was um, UFO Photo, where I actually analyze photographs of people all around the world who contact me who have experiences and sightings and footage and they would need it analyzing or someone to explain what they're actually seeing um and this second book really was a uh, the next stage on from that because i really wanted to get i've always been asked a lot of questions about ufology and i you know basically trying to get out answers to people bit like myself you know i started asking a lot of questions earlier on in my journey in ufology and you know it's the same with everybody else really and this book now the ufology umbrella is really the next stage where i try to explain uh, close encounters to people because um a lot of people I say a lot of people what people don't realize that there are seven separate categories of close encounters so it's a sort of a DIY approach to ufology where people can basically pick it up and, and get into the basics of, you know, ufology in general. So, Jason, tell me a little bit about how you developed your um, industry years ago, really, that you decided to get into it a little bit more, and your your sister reminded you of your own experience. So that's that's quite a short space of time. So how have you developed your understanding? Um, well, again, like I said, it, it's my sort of natural progression, my my own journey, as I said, um, and it, it led on. Really, I had um, an experience uh, when I was in the Air Force when I served in the Royal Air Force at RAF Cosford um, there was um, an incident happened there where uh, a huge triangular shaped uh, uh, craft uh, descended down over the base um, and it was seen by the on duty guard uh, post at the airfield and obviously the guard commander and, and the military police saw it and the day after, uh, Nick Pope, who worked in the Ministry of Defence at the time at Whitehall, actually investigated the case and you know, investigated it in more depth. And he even mentioned when he interviewed the young airman who saw the initial craft over the, the, the base itself, um, he was still trembling, he said, the next day after when he was interviewing him. On the same night, this was in March 93, um, people throughout the UK also saw similar shaped craft throughout the UK, you know, dark black uh, triangular shaped craft, and they were seen by on-duty policemen and other members of the public. Um, after the craft left RAF Cosford, it then flew on to another RAF base, which was nearby, which was um, RAF Shawbury. And it was seen by the on-duty air traffic controller. Uh, and they, he saw a, a craft of similar description, whether it actually came from Cosford and went on there. 
you know, we're just assuming, but, you know, it was a similar description, and it was firing laser-thin pencil-like lasers down towards the ground. And his impre- impression of the the site and at Shawbury was that this object was looking for something. Hmm. Uh, now, how do we know that it was, uh, like, uh, from another planet, or if it could be some secret ship by a government, like, you know, Russia or U.S. or even England? Yeah, mm. well, well, we don't know. That's that's the thing. Um, it was seen by a lot of people, but the only thing I could really say is... Um, it was nothing that we had in our, you know, um, our aircraft types in the air, in the Royal Air Force at that time. You know, we had tornadoes and Jaguars and Harriers and Hawks and all different types of aircraft are similar, but it was nothing like we had at the time. So it could have been possibly a secret covert craft. Um, again, you know, speculation. Um, and Nick his investigation as well afterwards um he, he sort of said the same thing really that we you know we didn't know what it was or its origin especially and that's the important thing for our listeners isn't it jason that the unidentified flying object is just that it's, it doesn't mean it's an alien life form it means that we're seeing something that we don't understand or that's we it. don't have a um a definitive um name for yeah so when when you talk about the the craft going from cosford to shawbury what, the t- what, what was the timing difference it was roughly about um i can't remember the exact time but it was within you know a time scale of the first sighting to the second and obviously the other sightings throughout the uk were all prior to the raf cosford so you know you could sort of you could actually probably put um uh a, you know a map and and track the locations on that night where it was seen um but again you know it, it, it ufo like you've just said is unidentified flying object and i think over years people have mischanged the you know the definition of that actual ufo which you just said, unidentified flying object, when, you know, it's not, you know, it's, um, it, it is what it says. It doesn't mean it's extraterrestrial. It's literally unidentified. And and most governments and, and uh, military have their own drones or different information-gathering aircraft that um, the layperson wouldn't know about and they wouldn't recognise. So that that is a possibility when it's going over Air Force bases. In mm-hmm. terms of um, in terms of your, I suppose your your take on UFOs. What what's your view on them? Would you fall more into extraterrestrial? Would you or would you not? I would say it's pretty even keel, really. Um, the actual images I get from people from all around the world, and again when I actually analyse the photographs and, you know, um, try to determine what the object is that they're seeing, you know, a lot of the time there are misidentified birds, uh, aircraft especially, and weather phenomena, you know, around, depending where they live, location, etc. But there is a small, 
you know, uh, mine, not minute, but there is a small percentage of images that are unidentified. Um, I do a lot of image analysis for uh, good friends of mine, um, James Gilliland and uh, Peter Maxwell Slattery from the SETI Ranch, and they've had fantastic images from their, you know, for sightings of beings, craft, orbs in the sky, and many people go to the ranch to see these, you know, aerial objects that fly over because it's such a UFO hotspot. But there are also, you know, sightings of aircraft and military aircraft. And also, you know, you have to look for the telltale signs of objects that are seen in the sky because, you know, you look for the strobe lights on aircraft with that all aircraft worldwide have to have through, you know, civilian and military aviation law. And you get landing lights, etc., and the different coloured tip lights on the wing tips. There are a lot of factors, but especially at the ranch, you the, the, a lot of the craft that you see there. You know, you can see them power up, power down, and when you analyse the footages in real depth, you can see other objects around orbs. And you know, I I'd advise anybody to go to their websites and and look at all the data that they've got there. Does um, if you don't mind me asking, what was your role in the RAF? Uh, I was carpenter first, and then uh, remustered later to aircraft finisher. Okay, so so your your analysis, your ability to analyse these um, photos or, or pictures, doesn't mm -hmm. come from a, a, an expertise in that field. Uh, no, it, that? I've been sort of mainly self-taught. I've always. Um, had computers and you know with programs etc and used the the photoshop and things like that and when i say use photoshop it's not to change the actual images it's really to use the filters to enhance the photographs like you can invert them or use colored filters and it brings out you know more detail in the photographs and it's like i said it really stemmed one thing led to another and you know, setting up the Facebook page, UF only and Twitter, etc. And it just seemed to snowball and, and get into that side. And again, it stems really back to my journey through UFOlogy with experiences and things that have happened to myself. And I just wanted to, you know, give out really the information that I'd found on my journey. We've um, interviewed lots of people um, who are very interested in UFOs and, and some who feel that they have been abducted by them. Um, do you believe in alien abduction? Yes, yeah, I do. Um, and again, with cases that I've uh, analysed of, not necessarily of images, but accounts and people that have come to me looking for advice. And, you know, I, I could help them the best way I can, but if I don't know, you know, a way of helping them. I certainly know people in the ufology community that can help them. Um, but with the cases themselves, with abduction, it's 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 quite often you'll get very similar accounts from people all around the world that haven't met each other, 
have been abducted and you know left with body marks etc on their body and missing time and all the related things that do come with um abduction as such and which is i i do believe it's not always to do with um et or extraterrestrial abduction you know it could be military my lab or and you know down that road as well it's, it's a fascinating subject isn't it because it's just so big and and actually there is there is no evidence base for it other than um people's accounts and yep. we know that people's accounts whilst you know absolutely could be true we also know that more people are likely to report the same or very similar experiences because that's how they're believable yeah so what when you're offering an analysis what is it about a story that makes you feel that it is a credible story from somebody who has experienced an abduction no matter what what that means whether it be extraterrestrial or otherwise well really if uh, mainly i will do um imagery uh, an analysis for people so they've taken photographs and video of of images of of craft that they you know that they believe is you know to be unidentified to them and you can go down the road of checking you know about the person you can do a little bit of background research of the location and then you look for other airfields or the military installations nearby and you narrow down the field really so you you know you're getting down to trying to eliminate things in that respect i mean there was one case that i did cover that was given to me by philip mantle who's a another british um ufologist you know and philip's been around a long time in this field very um you know highly regarded and he sends me quite a few images but this one anyway was of um it was taken by a civilian a brazilian airline pilot who was in the uk in wiltshire on holiday and he was taking the usual scenic photographs and the two images philip sent me was one of it looked initial when you first look at it it looks like a disc shaped object in the lower part of the screen in the sky um, and when I looked at it straight away I could tell it was a military jet because it was one of similar type a tornado that I used to actually work on in the Air Force so but the other the second image showed a central flagpole with a Union Jack on and either side of the Union Jack in the sky you could see two disc shaped objects below and when you look at the image you instantly you could see all these images in the book as well but you could see for yourself they do look like disc shaped objects but when i did the usual analysis of the photograph went into depth and basically you could see there were two military jets again but it was one jet flying away and another jet that was circling around and i think it was a u.s jet um first impression was straight away you can see the image and they did look like this shaped objects again you know the the pilot like any pilot is a highly trained person and you know they are trained to observe the surroundings and everything else so you know it's very easy to misidentify things 
when you you know get into it so i i I suppose i'm still left pondering a little bit about so if i came to you tomorrow and i said jason i've had this this really mad experience and um i went out for a walk late last night and i went by the time i got back home it hours had passed and i've no idea how i saw some lights in the sky hours then passed and i've got this these marks on on my my uh, just above my knee on my thigh that weren't there before mm-hmm. i think i've been abducted where, where would your starting point be you would like i said you basically you know try to interview the person if you can and gather as much information as you can on the person on the location basically you go to work like Sherlock Holmes you'll just you know gather photographic proof Uh, again you would also if they've seen objects you would look at Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juvederm.com. Tracking ranges of radar, um, you would try and look to see if there have been any satellites that have gone over, 
you know you can get free apps available uh, i think heavens above is one where it's very good to give you you can actually put a date and a time in and a location and it will give you if there have been any satellites that have flown over that location at the time so th- there are a lot of tools out there to help anybody really not just me but anybody that is going down that road um but again i'm not a doctor i'm not medical in that respect so you know you know there'll be other people that could actually approach those sort of things better than i could um my main area is the analyzing of the images really and and it would be fair to say though and I, and I don't mean sound critical because um, I, I'm not a disbeliever at all. But mm-hmm. I, but I, it's fair to say that there will be aircrafts out there that we have no understanding of um, that, and, and uh, that would potentially we could never rule in or out extraterrestrial oh. existence. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, though. Um, I I believe, I mean, a lot of people see the triangle-shaped craft, obviously, and there are so many different shaped craft around. You know, you can get your your disc-shaped craft, you know. And again, it it tends to go through decades of people seeing that type of craft, which does make you actually go towards or lean towards um, craft that are going through their, you know, aviation life which aircraft yes, yeah. do um so you can't rule that out of course you can't rule that out you know but you, you can get elongated cylindrical shaped you know the cigar shaped rod shapes uh circular oval elliptical that you know every sort of shape and form that you, you know people have taken photographs of them um but you know with with, with the triangular shape which is generally seen they are still being seen but they were generally seen around the 90s um i, I i'm sure well 90 percent of triangular shaped craft are probably are you know some sort of deep covert project yeah oh, 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 oh and we did have triangle shaped craft almost at that point as well the vulcan yeah yeah so 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 lots of um possibilities i guess well you've got you've got you've got the the um the vulcan but then you've also got slightly on from there i was involved in the first gulf war uh desert storm um and the first time i saw the f-17 stealth bomber was during the war itself and that was distinctly triangular shaped as well so yes yeah definitely yes that's 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 right. Actually, that's a, you know, slight. Well, was that slightly just after that time, early nineties? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, going forward, let's think about this forward with your your career now. I'm, I'm guessing you've left the RAF. Yeah. And um, and is this your main role? Is this is this what you do now for a living? No, no. I've I've got a job where um, that is my main breadwinner sort of thing, and this is what I do on the side but to be honest it's it takes virtually most of my time up so you know I, I try try to get to as many conferences as I can and, and fitting them in around you know you try and take holiday and things like that and, and travel into the events 
So, yeah. So where whereabouts in the UK do you get most of your um, queries from? All over, re- really. You, you, I can't really pinpoint a location. There are certain locations within the UK that are more UFO hotspot than others. You know, you've got Landud, No, North Wales. That's a, a, a real hotspot for seeing objects unidentified but then you've got RAF Valley out that way you know on the coast of Anglesey mm-hmm. um, generally throughout you'll see UFOs literally everywhere you know it, there's not a one but saying that in America you know you've got the SETI Ranch that that's you know and Mount Shasta and all these big areas where people seem to be drawn to the, the places to see craft as well but yeah, I, I really would say that there's no real set place for seeing. You know, you could go in your own garden and see craft at night. You know. And what's your? Where's your interest lie? Is it within the states? And because it, culturally, that's very different. The whole UFOlogy and alien abduction and extraterrestrials. That that is very is presented very differently in the states. And this show goes out. You know, obviously everywhere online but predominantly mm-hmm. in uh, uh, you know on, on major stations in, in the states yeah. and our audience and those that we interview in in the states are very different in how they believe and depict ufos to our, our british culture so where does your where, where who do you prefer liaising with in terms of ufos where, where would you prefer the us or the uk I couldn't say either, you know, I, and I, I wouldn't even say just the US or the UK. I've got friends, Japan, Brazil, Mexico, and especially Mexico, the, you know, the UFO sightings over there, they actually get broadcast on mainstream media, not not like here in the UK. Mm. Um, I, mean, I know Very things... Culturally. Very yeah. And things are changing, you know, because I do believe disclosure is coming. And I do believe things are, you know, are, are very close to being released. And especially with the To The Stars Academy, um, with Tom DeLonge and um, Hal Putoff, you know, and Elizondo, all those people involved, you know, and there are a lot, they've got a lot of uh, witnesses who've worked on the aircraft carriers that saw the Tic Tac ufos the pilots etc so you know and also with uh president trump being briefed on ufos and it, it it's definitely moving in the right direction and things are changing with people worldwide appearing appearing more to be waking up to what is happening around not just in the uk but worldwide you know mm-hmm. so now <clears throat> so you sort of think that there there's government people now that already know that um, UFOs have visit, visited us yeah yeah you know what is actually being sort of, uh, put out there really it's just through the to the stars academy you know uh, like I said I, I believe disclosure is coming but I do also believe the way it's been done the drip feed effect so the slowly releasing videos and, and things like that but I do say um, one thing that did stand out with the the military side of it, with the uh, the gun footage they called it on the Tic Tac UFO. If you see the footage on the HUD, 
display. You've got the altitude and the speed of the pilot with, with the UFO within sight. But down the right-hand side of the actual screen, you can see the word slave wrote. Now, me being ex-military, another word for slave in military terms is drone. So there, there was one little thing that I wasn't sort of quite with when I first saw it, you know, and and a lot of people are sitting on the fence because they're still waiting for more information to come out. So, you know, but I do believe it's going in the right direction. What do you do when you get a fake, when you get a hoax, when you get something that you've um, got in picture or video that uh, you find out it's not, not what it seems to be? Uh, I'll, I'll actually show people what I've found, you know, the findings, the way I've analysed the image and the, what I've actually, you know, put out. The, the, I've got my first public talk coming up in November and my talk will be about analysing UFO photos and and I actually do a section in the talk uh, where I'll show people, f not fakes, but misidentifications um, and one famous one that I can recall, especially coming through as a youngster looking at books and, you know, it was taken by one of the astronauts uh, of Apollo 13, I think it might have been, or 12 or 13, I can't remember the top of my head. And it was of a, it looked all intents and purposes of an authentic UFO, if you want to call it that. And for years, I thought it was one of the best photographs I'd seen. And I don't know why, I just thought I would analyse this actual image and find the original NASA image of this UFO so I could look for myself. Um, and when I actually looked more into depth, I couldn't find the original NASA registration number, you know, for that photograph. That was being recalled by everybody else. So I went through other, I actually sat down with the catalogue of the other NASA photographs and went through and found this image. And it, in the end, it turned out to be a misidentification of one of the uh, third stage rocket booster, which had been jettisoned and it was in space next to the other capsule and photograph. But with the angle it was set at, it looked like a UFO at the top, and that's what it was. So I actually broke it down, and I think I did an article for it initially for the um, Outer Limits magazine here in the UK. It's run by uh, Chris Evers. And I actually broke it down image by image and overlaid the image with the original UFO image, and it was an identical match. So, you know, that there are fakes out there as well with people trying to make money over you know getting clickbait and things like that on youtube um but you know it's it's a bit of a double-edged sword really because you know you're getting into the realms of photoshop and editing and things like that and sometimes you know you do your best to try and determine what the image is and you you can you know, only do your best with what you've got to to do it with right now, now it also says in the book description that you uh, cover some of the old historical UFO cases, um, is, and and you you're basically uh, using modern 
up-to-date analysis techniques on them. So um, what, what does that do? Uh, do you discover more things, uh, see more things, or what is it that you, um, you can tell us about uh, taking old cases and re- reanalyzing them? Yeah, like, like I said, you know, using Photoshop, it's not about when people hear the hear the word Photoshop, they think you're actually changing the initial image. But what you're using it for, like I said, is to uh, enhance or to invert um, and to actually change the what what you're seeing on the um, the image itself. So you can go back to the old. Um, images sort of the 35 mil so it's pre-digital um and you're basically looking for um you know how authentic it is you know people going back who faked images of ufos probably put them onto glass and they would hold them in front of the camera and then you could you know it project the actual image and it would look like it was a ufo in in the distance or whatever but, you know, using Photoshop, you can enhance and see the detail. And also, um, one good case to put that to really was the um, the famous battle over Los Angeles 1942, where it was um, a large craft was seen over Los Angeles and it was fired at by um, artillery shells, etc. It had the spotlights on it. And because all the spotlights were on this object, it was highly illuminated, so you lost a lot of detail in the photographs. And I just basically tried to find the most original photograph I could. And when I run it through the analysis, you can see in the first book the detail that came out in the craft. And, you know, nobody's ever done that before. You actually see what the craft looked like underneath, and it was, you know, pretty unique. Wow. Uh, so now, where do we go from here? Like, what's, what what do you um, plan on doing now? Are you going to keep writing books? You said you've got a speaking tour. Uh, what's next for you? Um, well, speak. I've only given one talk before, and that was via Skype through the ESETI Ranch, uh, through uh, James Gilliland, um, and really getting into the public side of speaking is probably the next step. Um, which I haven't sort of haven't done really. Um, I've just worked on some footage, uh, one of the cases I covered of an Argentinian pilot. Um, he was actually buzzed by two UFOs, and he caught the footage on his mobile phone. Um, I, I mean, I first came across this footage during 2014 uh, while researching my first book, The UFO Photo, and... Um, it was an unnamed veteran Argentinian pilot, um, and he'd actually witnessed other UFOs um, on separate occasions, but he didn't have a camera with him at the time. So he decided to, you know, take his mobile phone with him. And in 2014, the camera on a phone was okay. Not like today, you get 4K and 1080 and really high-definition footage, but, it, you know, it was okay at the time. And he was basically uh, flying on a, a straight transit. You can actually see the footage. You can see the low cloud base around him. He's probably about five to 10,000 feet. 
um, you know, flying on a, a straight, steady transit forwards. You can see the propeller turning in the front or through the front cockpit, and um, basically you, you could see him slightly look to the right-hand side, and a elongated craft, a large craft, buzzed right in front of his aircraft, followed by a smaller craft. And then they flew to his right-hand side, where they formed up together and then did uh, a a tight formation flyby right in front of his aircraft again before it took off. Um, And I think I've just done the footage for the American show. I think it's Paranormal Caught on Camera. And I think it will be aired on the first episode of of that series, uh, second series. But it's all in the, the book, and you can see on my uh, UF-only Facebook page, uh, YouTube page, sorry, you can actually see the footage for yourself on there. Hmm. No, so I was going to say that. Do you have a website, or uh, what What places can people go to watch your uh, uh, YouTubes and, and uh, things like that? Yeah, if, if anybody ever needs to contact me, if they need uh, any images analysing or, you know, they just want someone to confirm something for them, I'm happy to do that. They can contact me on um, my UF only uh, Facebook page. Um, it's on Twitter, etc. Um, and I've also got a UF only um, YouTube channel where the videos uh, there, you know, obviously larger videos that you can't actually put on Facebook, so there have to be a YouTube channel so you can link them together. Um, yeah, you know, so if anybody, you know, needs any help with anything, I'm, I'm willing to help them. I don't charge any money for to do any of this. I never have done and I never will because I do believe that everybody, you know, whether you've got money or you haven't got money, you should all be on the same playing field when it comes to finding out information. Okay, so now your book is available, I guess, at uh, Amazon, and um, and you could probably order it through bookstores. Um, we're gonna yeah. ha- we're gonna have this on our website as well, so listeners can just go one click and pick up the book while they're listening. Um, again, now the book is called "The UFOlogy Umbrella: Close Encounters Are Not Enough," and the author of the book and our guest has been Jason Gleaves. Thank you for taking the time with us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. 